Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reason Sports, your home for South Florida sports news. Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, did not say FAU. So David Handel, do not put a dollar in the jar. FIU beat writer for SB Nation, co-managing editor Underdog Dynasty coming from you, uh, coming to you tonight. On what is it? Uh, March 23rd. So we are full in the swing of spring football. And you know what that means. We've uh, got to send it over to Boca Raton. We started off live from spring practice, David and myself. The last episode you heard was the two of us taping live from the practice fields at FIU. And then, of course, you heard the post-practice audio from defensive back Pierce Withers, offensive tackle Lindell Hudson Jr. And, of course, head coach Mike McIntyre. But We've got a special guest, the first FAU-related guest since the departure of our friend Shane Marinelli, who was on to bigger and better things, working for the Owls as the coordinator of high school relations. And who I've got for you tonight, again, special guest, you know, very much esteemed company in the, in the line of uh, Jake Elmans and those who came before him, uh, you know, Kobe Prices and Reese Furloughs. This is now the next man to assume the post at the Palm Beach Post. He is Mr. Zachary Weinberger. He is an FAU sports writer for the Palm Beach Post. You can find his work at PBP Sports. Uh, you can also see his stuff you press online, Lemon City Live as well. Uh, Zach, how's it going, my man? I'm doing really amazing. How about you, man? Cannot complain, man. We are back in the swing of things for uh, for spring, so it means, you know, work. Uh, that, little, that little time off I thought I had in between, you know, uh, uh, signing day, whatnot, quickly gone away so you know back to back to the swing of things but it's nice to be out there watch little spring practice and it's definitely nice to have you on man first and foremost you know i i gotta thank you for making the time for and also want to thank our our fau listeners you know thank you for being patient with us we know um it's been a while since we all put out you know consistent fau content of course with shane going through the process of getting the the role at fau and you know we didn't want to you know put him in an awkward position so we're glad that the fau fans have stuck with us and we hope this is the first of many times that Zach will join us to talk about the Owls. So, you know, Zach, before we get started on the team, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know, you know, I, I think you and I, we've met a couple times uh, at their FAU Stadium in the press box. But I uh, just want to, you know, tell folks a little bit about yourself, you know, where you are at FAU, um, you know, what you're doing with Palm Beach Post and any other work that you would uh, like to plug. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I'm doing great work right now for Palm Beach Post. Uh, previously, I worked for Lemon City Live for a little bit based on South Florida. They're actually FIU guys as well, so. Uh, had to had to deal with their their panther nonsense forever. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just but um, before that, obviously, I was editor in chief of the University Press, which was the uh, FAU student newspaper, sports editor before that. So uh, I've been covering FAU uh, sports for a very long time now. It's cool to do it for the Post, like you said before, a little bit. You know, just kind of following in the footsteps of Jake Elman and Reese Furlow, who you know, kind of you know, um, who I obviously got to contact with a lot during games. Uh, it's really awesome. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, South Florida sports fan, you know, these past couple of days were crazy, especially a couple hours ago, you know, just seeing all the Tyreek Hill news and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been great. And, like, you, I can't, you know, share the same sentiments myself. But, you know, I, it's really good to see spring ball back and especially kind of going to practice, speaking with the coaches and the players. Uh, it's been really refreshing. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Glad to hear. And like I said, this will not be the last time that uh, you will hear Zach on these airwaves again. Appreciate you making time. Let's jump right into things, man. You know, the uh, the Owls, so they've opened up spring camps. Just want to 
uh, let you take it away, man. What have been some of your early impressions, things that you think fans that, uh, should need or fans need to know about uh, from the early days of spring camp? Well, you know, the one word, I really can only describe with one word. You know, it, it's a word we heard a lot last season, uh, whether it be post-game or practice, and we're hearing it a lot this time, and it's really the aspect of consistency, which is what this team has really lacked uh, these past couple seasons uh, under head coach Willie Taggart. Um, you know, because, again, last year we had games, whether it be against FIU, whether it be against Fordham or Charlotte, where, you know, things are clicking on all cylinders. But then we have that four-game losing streak at the end, uh, where the offense is stalling, they're not finishing or even starting drives. The defense is sort of carrying them, and uh, it just really wasn't consistent football. And that's obviously what Tagger did not want to see, what the players did not want to see there as well. Um, and kind of going into this season, we're seeing sort of an overhaul of the coaching staff, and um, whether it be you know Coach Brent Deerman from Middle Tennessee for, as the offensive coordinator, Coach you know Todd Orlando has a bunch of credits to his name. Um, this season is going to be a very much a very uh, important season possibly for head coach Willie Taggart. I feel like if you're not seeing that much improvement in this team, there might be some changes made here. We'll see how that goes. But again, I think that this team is very talented, whether, whether it's because of the people that he got brought in during National Signing Day or just the people that are getting a year under their belt uh, under Taggart. And, you know, especially when it's, you know, led by Nicosi Perry, you know, coming from the University of Miami. Um, didn't have spring ball last year. He came really late in August. Uh, so it's his first spring, you know, practice that he's attending with FAU. Uh, and I think it's going to prove very beneficial towards him. It's another, you know, another player on the team where uh, really lacked that consistency. You know, uh, I think I was saying his pr- prayers last season to start off saying, you know, he could possibly be one of the better quarterbacks that the program has ever seen. And I still think he could be. Uh, he just kind of, the offense really does need to click together. Um, but again, so there's a lot of question marks with this team, honestly, kind of going into spring camp and in the spring game and into the opening game against Ohio University. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. There's going to be a lot of competition battles. Um, and it's going to be a very interesting season for FAU fans, that's for sure. You know, um, we'll come back to Willie Taggart in a second because he mentioned as far as you know, don't want to get too much into speculation, but obviously this could be somewhat of a, a make or break year, obviously entering uh, year three for Willie Taggart coming off a five and seven record last year. But, you know, let's let's start with uh, Brent Dearman. You know, that was a move that I think was really interesting seeing the the change, you know, in the offensive corner last year and, you know, going in conference in division. Uh, well, I guess when there were CUSA divisions, I don't think we're going to have those with the departure of three teams, but you know, that's another story for the podcast. But uh, going very close to home, I should say, in terms of getting Brent Dearman. Have you had a chance? I, I don't know you know, what Katrina and, and Willie Taggart and company over there have had as far as um, availability with assistance. Have you had a chance to you know, talk with Coach Dearman? Or, or if you haven't, um, what's been the sense is kind of what you've gotten from maybe players or you know, those around the program as far as uh, Brent Dearman at, at FAU? Well, yeah, you know, I I, cost, I talked to Coach Dearman uh, last Friday. Well, again, this Friday as well. And listen, you can already tell from the jump, uh, he's bringing so much energy, uh, not only just to the the team, but the offense, especially to the quarterback. Uh, it, it's been very rewarding to talk to him. You know, it seems like he told me, you know, kind of one-on-one last Friday, just what he faced FAU in the, in the season finale, uh, that he wanted to be here. He, he really considers this place paradise the way that FAU does present this university you know so and I, and I think the way I think it'd be very beneficial uh when it comes to when it comes to Nikosi when it comes to Michael Johnson Jr. even Willie Tagger Jr. um so you can already tell from the atmosphere that he brings compared to past coordinators in the past um that he's going to bring an immense amount 
of intensity to this team. And I think people are buying in. Just speaking to Nikosi earlier this morning uh, about Brent, that, you know, again, he, he really likes the system that he's being put into place. Uh, he's already developing that relationship with the quarterbacks. Um, and again, getting someone within conference is obviously very valuable, you know, whether it be facing Middle Tennessee or just facing other teams that, you know, the Blue Raiders have faced. Um, so, and again, a young offensive-minded head coach, uh, pretty bright, bright when it comes to maybe his future prospects. But again, I think that when it comes to the staff as a whole, and that includes Coach Dearman, uh, it's been a very impressive uh, staff that Taggart has put here. And, and Dearman is one of the laundry list of names that, he, that he's brought in here that's been really impressive. Want to take it to the defensive side of the ball here and just want to, you know, get your thoughts on any names you think FAU fans or even FIU fans listening should keep an eye on. I know, you know, I definitely will kind of start and lead with a couple names. Who I, I think uh, if you're just a fan of Conference USA football, you probably need to know two are TJ Young and Evan Anderson, both complete studs. Young, the safety, who had 57 tackles, three interceptions last year. Uh, believe he had an interception against FIU, if my memory serves me correct. And Evan Anderson, who is a mountain of a man of defensive tackle. But outside of that, uh, Zach, definitely want to get your thoughts on some guys. I know over the past years, it's been, you know, names like Jordan Helm and Achilles Leroy and others. But, you know, some of those guys are gone. So just, you know, wondering outside of, you know, maybe Anderson and TJ Young and the, and the you know, Jalen Joyners of company, you know, who are some of the names that got that fans to keep an eye on as far as the defensive side of the football? Absolutely. And I do, I just do want to say real quick that, again, I, I think Evan Anderson – uh, is going to break out this season. Just just speaking with him earlier uh, this morning, and he's going to be featured. In, I hate to plug my stuff, but you know, again, there's gonna be a later a story uh, later today or tomorrow morning about him uh, and the coaching and their development. But again, I mean, besides those, the the position groups that I'm really looking at this season that we need that needs to take a step up is really the cornerbacks uh, and the linebackers. Uh, you kind of mentioned a couple names that were there last season, uh, whether it be Corell Smith. Uh, well, whether it be Zion Gilbert, who played the most games in FAU's history, they're gone with the linebackers, Achilles Leroy, Khalif Bryce, all declaring for the NFL. That's a lot of production that is left that needs to be filled. Uh, when you look at the national signing day, I think six or seven guys were linebackers. Uh, but when you look at the quarterbacks, you know, Smoke Mungin was a, was a guy that really stood out last year when, when some guys were injured. And he really, he really performed on a, on a high level. Um, you know, you're looking at a lot of guys, whether it be like Justin McKithen, uh, the sophomore coming out of Savannah, Georgia, uh, that again, uh, we've seen him compete in practice. Coaches talked a lot about those guys a lot uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But even besides um, guys like Evan Anderson on the defensive line, which, you know, obviously Coach Lance Thompson, one of the more harder coaches I've ever seen, uh, you know, bringing up guys like the Carries Hawthorne, like Travis Lockhart, uh, and Latrell Jean, who's been here for, for a minute, same thing with Jaden Wheeler, um, that's on the defensive line. And again, when it comes to the linebackers, uh, so many new guys coming in here that can really make a name for themselves. So those are, those are the guys that really just come to mind uh, straight away uh, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. And I think that there's really not an, any other coach that would like to see them develop than Todd Orlando. Uh, you know, it, just speaking with him last Friday, it, it, it seems like he's been here for years, the way you see the relationship that he already has with the, with the, with this team, you know, it, it's been very impressive. Uh, and obviously one of the guys, the newer, the newcomers uh, for linebackers, Xavier Peters has been performing on a very high level. So I can see him getting a lot of playing time. So it's going to be very interesting to see how 
sort of the depth chart kind of goes out. But again, like Coach Taggart said, just kind of repeat his sentiments. You know, we're trying to figure out the team right now with all the newcomers. Uh, but they have a pretty good idea. Again, if you're just joining us, we're joined by Zachary Weinberger. He is the FAU beat writer for the Palm Beach Post. Zach, I want to transition right there. You talked about some of the newcomers coming in. Who are some of the names that we should keep an eye on? As you mentioned, a lot of linebackers were brought in this class. I believe it was three transfer linebackers, remember, to be correct, from Power 5 programs. So uh, names to keep an eye on as far as you know, newcomers coming in uh, to 2022 that could make an impact this year. Well, the one that, that immediately comes to mind here is uh, is Brandon Bordner, because uh, again, the offensive line, by the way, coming from uh, you know Rutgers, um, he, he's a guy really at the position of need, I would say, because last season, uh, while obviously I don't think all the blame should go to the offensive line, obviously Nikosi, the receivers, uh, take some sort of blame, but really we saw a lot of pressure uh, going to Nikosi, and I think Brandon Bordner has really performed on a very high level when it comes to uh, you know playing in Rutgers. Um, his senior season in, in 2020, kind of naming academic all Big Ten list and these other accolades that he has received. Uh, even bringing in guys um, like Carter Bowright, tight end, that's going to be a position of need after some, uh, obviously, some production being left off. Uh, coming from Florida State, obviously, which you know uh, Willie knows very well. Uh, Morvin Joseph, Jaleel McCray, I already mentioned Xavier Peters. Um, and the one guy definitely to keep an eye on is, is Jimmy Pettaway as well. But again, I, what we also need to see is really the the built up of the receivers as well. Uh, when it comes to the guys that are that are coming in, um, whether it be guys like Wyatt Sullivan or or Jay Sean Platt. Um, but again, uh, there's a lot of production and a lot of question marks that need to kind of be filled in now uh, towards spring practice, and, the, and those are just some of the names that are he- heavily in competition to to be starters. Zach, I wanted to back to the offense and go to the running game. And I will admit, this has been something that, you know, I've tried not to be too critical of Willie Taggart, although just from an outsider's perspective, albeit a close outsider, someone who covers CUSA and of course covers FIU, but still an outsider's perspective. The running back rotation has been one that's been curious. And that's not to say that a guy like Johnny Ford, who had a tremendous true freshman year at USF, before battling some injuries, was not worthy of being the main running back last year. And as he did, he responded in kind with 831 yards, five touchdowns, and you know had very solid hands out of the backfield as well. I will say, and again, I promise there's a question here. <laughs> this isn't just me. You know, <laughs> but I will say I, I found it curious when I saw guys like Larry McCammon, who had a successful true freshman year, albeit you know got banged up a little bit himself, he is now a de facto fullback, at least I saw at times, Malcolm Davidson, who looked like the next great Conference USA running back, when I, mean, I saw him live against FIU in 2019, if memory serves me correct, um, he's no longer with the program because you know he, he wasn't getting a, a, any touches. What do you make of this running back room? What do you make of what Willie Taggart's trying to do with the running backs? Was it a situation where maybe there were too many mouths to feed and eventually they had to just focus on one guy? Well, I, you know, I think you actually just hit it right on the nose with the too many mouths to feed because – uh, while I think that Johnny Ford can be considered possibly the more talented of all the running backs, I don't think he's a three-down guy you rely on. I don't think you. I don't think you just kind of you know neglect carry to Larry McCammon to Kelvin Dean and to a guy that people should monitor being Zaberry Mosley, who's been really performing at a high level. So that could be one that could come up there. But you know, again, you know, when it comes to the to the running back room, uh, I, I feel like that FAU 
was almost considered RBU, <laughs> like after the success of Devin Singletary, uh, and just kind of seeing how Kiffin, you know, really developed them. Um, and then we saw you know, the past couple seasons, and it's kind of, kind of not been like that. But I pretty much agree with with the sentiment that you know, uh, I just feel like there are too many mouths to feed, and I don't know if Johnny Ford is the bell cow back that he is. Obviously, his size provides a lot of limitations. However, it obviously it definitely um, it works in the offense of you know him being a pass catching sort of guy. Um, but again, just kind of looking at practice and looking at spring there's not a, a running back that's out there for more, more than a snap. So it's like you're seeing, in, a, in a, pretty much in essence, I don't even think FAU even knows to the, to the question you're answering. That, you know? So it, it's very interesting, um, especially watching it last season where they, they kept saying, whether it be, um, whether it be Coach Taggart or uh, formerly OC Michael Johnson, that they really wanted the running game to be a heavy part of their offense. But I feel like they almost relied on that a little too much and didn't get Nikosi into rhythm. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they balance that out, but also who steps up as being maybe the guy at the running back position. And again, I think Zaberry Mobley can be that guy. Got to transition to the receivers, and you talked about it a little bit as far as you know some of the guys who who may have a chance to break out there. And a name that listen, I, I cannot claim that I had this all on my own. Shane Marinelli talked about this guy ad nauseum on this podcast. So heading into last year, I expected big things, and he absolutely responded in kind. That would be Lejante Wester, the Palmetto, Florida native, of course, from you know my neck of the woods here. 5'11", a buck 63, but uh, someone who, in terms of being one of the more exciting players in Conference USA as far as the way FAA uses him, you know, out of the slot and other, other ways, 65 catches for 702 yards, four touchdowns. But, Zach, um, number two, number three targets, what are we looking at here? Because, you know, I, I think you had a situation where you had some guys who were with the program for a while depart, and LeJante Wester, as I mentioned, is listed at 5'11", 163. So uh, is there a big body target that we can expect to be on the other side of him? You know, who's going to be or who are going to be those number two, number three receivers that maybe are catching your eye in camp or maybe some names you should keep an eye on heading into fall. If I could say Jamal Edrin's name four times, it would probably be him. Uh, He's the guy that's really been standing out as not just the the big target guy that I think Nikos can rely on. And even Nikos, kind of shouting him out today. Uh, 6-3-2-14, I think that he can really pop off. Uh, I really said this last season, and as much as I loved watching LeJonte Wester play, you know, breaking a couple records when it came to receiving nights, uh, if he's your if he's your WR one, uh, there's a little there's there should be some sort of uh, you know hesitance with that. Um, obviously, no offense to him, obviously a, a dynamic player, only a sophomore, he can he can really improve a lot. But listen, uh, they need guys to step up. I mean, whether it be BJ Alexander, whether it be again, like I said, Jamal Edrin or. Uh, Kobe, Kobe Stewart, William Ford, uh, a guy that they mentioned a lot was Tony Johnson. Uh, so, and so he can really pop up as well, but these are, uh, y- uh, younger guys, you know, there really isn't that veteran receiver or even pass catcher on the team. Like they had last season, you know, with, with a TJ chase who really, who had, didn't have that much production or, you know, or even, uh, just other receivers that were really a veteran like in the locker room. So, Relying on young guys here is to be very interesting, especially how on National Signing Day they got young receivers. Um, but really, again, it's Jamal Edrin is going to be the guy this season. If I, if I could ha- predict a receiver besides Western to kind of pop off, 
it's going to be him. Uh, the four, you know, obviously coming out of Fort Lauderdale. So, so yeah. Um, again, that was a very lackluster group last season. You know, especially how just looking at that Marshall game might have cost him the game. You know, when it came to when it came to drops, I know FBU fans are probably cringing of just me mentioning that, but you you have to face it. But I think the guy that can coach can coach them up is Tony Gonzalez, which I thought was a home run hire to kind of coach a receiver. So he's been coaching a lot of NFL guys. So yeah, uh, to answer your question, I sorry to, to prolong it, but it's Jamal Edgerton. He he's the guy that that should be popping off this season. No need to apologize, man. As I led this podcast with, we it's been a long time since FAU fans have heard an FAU voice in this pod. So please do not feel to be brief the chances at all. Um, let's go ahead and end this one, Zach, with where I said we would eventually come back to. And that is with head coach Willie Taggart in 12 seasons overall, not 12 full seasons. Uh, I believe we can go with 10 full seasons. And then uh, 2019, nine games at Florida State. 2020, the COVID year, nine games at Florida Atlantic. But in 12 seasons overall as a head coach, a record of 66 and 73. But of course, that doesn't tell the full story. Western Kentucky was a rebuild. South Florida was definitely a rebuild. Florida State, as I think, you know, Seminole fans can attest, that's still a rebuild. And uh, <laughs> FAU, yeah, you know, really uh, one of the few jobs that in Oregon you could say that he took over and, you know, was probably uh, ready for success. But at FAU, 5 and 4 2019, uh, excuse me, 5 and 4 2020, and 5 and 7 in 2021. Zach, what's the feeling? Um, I don't necessarily want to say around the program as someone who's a fellow beat writer. You know, I, I know it's like to be put in that position, so I won't say that. But um, what's the feeling just around you know the FAU fan base and and you know Owl Nation as a whole as far as how they're feeling about Willie Taggart and uh, you know kind of what the expectations are for this program entering twenty twenty two after all the success that they had under Lane Kiffin. Well, you know, it's like what I alluded to pretty much earlier in the show. It's that I, I think this season, it, it's going to be very huge in the direction that this team goes in. You know, obviously, it always sucks when you kind of go into a program and your first season is pretty much the COVID season. So, obviously, that's, that's a huge burden. But, again, you want to see some sort of improvement. You want to win more than five games in, tw- in 2021. They, they got five, but they lost four straight to end the season. And really, there wasn't that much improvement. Um, but again, I think this team is, is pretty talented at a lot of positions, uh, especially with what this coaching staff does bring and who he brought in. You know, we can never doubt the staff. We can never doubt the recruiting that Tagger does do. It's really the performance on the field. And we have to see that in 2022. So the feeling that I've been seeing from FEU fans, whether, me, whether it's me talking to them or whether it's me going on social media and seeing it's not, they're not high on Taggart. And I know that's going to be hard because coming after Kiffin, it's always going to be hard to follow that up. But again, you know, as, as much as I really, I know a lot of people are rooting for him to succeed with the program. Um, this is almost a make or break season, a put up or shut up season for him. Uh, Cause you have to see some sort of improvement. You at least want to make a bowl game this season. You know, you want to have some sort of confidence with your head coach going into the AAC. And to me, that's going to be huge. Uh, for Willie Taggart and see what he can do this season. Um, and I really can't stress it enough how how important of a season this is going to be for FAU in, in previous seasons, just because, again, like I just said, um, this is going to dictate a lot of what we could possibly see in the future uh, for FAU. So when it comes to Willie Taggart, you know, I, th- I think he's done had a lot of su- success in the past with coaching, you know, whether it be kind of making Western Kentucky a, a pretty – 
a reputable program to start off with, whether it be his time uh, in, in other locations. Um, but FAU, you know, this season, there, there's a lot to prove, and I think that Coach Tag knows that. You can find Zach's work on Twitter at Zach Weinberger. You can find his work, of course, at the Palm Beach Post online. And, you know, hey, if you still uh, feel the need, pick up a physical Palm Beach Post. I'm sure you can find him there as well, you know. <laughs> uh, Zach, I appreciate you making the time, my man. Like I said, definitely want you to be a part of this podcast as far as our FAU um, coverage going forward. So definitely won't be the last time we hit you up to talk about the Owls. And, you know, uh, I think we'll, we'll have you on a, a couple of venues as well. So, man, I appreciate you making the time. And, of course, last but not least, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Pod. You can find Five Reasons Sports on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. And you can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. Thank you for listening. Uh, feel free to leave us any reviews. iTunes, Podbean, wherever you listen to your podcast, feel free to listen to leave us a review. It's the only way that we can help this thing grow. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching because we are in spring. And, of course, uh, spring games are around the corner. <laughs>